0: If you're ready to take your destiny into your own hands, you've come to the right place. This
1: is The Bulletproof Entrepreneur,
0: featuring interviews with the most exciting and amazing entrepreneur. Here's your host, Chi
1: Odogu. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the show today. If you love what you hear on today's episode of the podcast, Go to iTunes and leave a review and a comment. It helps other great listeners like yourself find the show. And of course, you can always find more episodes of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast at www.odogwu.com. And without further ado, on with the show. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another great episode of the Bulletproof Entrepreneur Podcast. Today's guest is Chris Hallberg. Chris is known as the business sergeant. He's a seasoned business consultant and turnaround expert. He is ranked number nine on Inc.'s top 50 leadership and management experts. Chris has over 25 years of professional experience in both the business and and the military fields. He joined the Army National Guard and became a sergeant within four years, leading soldiers in both dynamic and challenging environments. He later transitioned into a business career in sales and marketing and quickly rose to become a vice president. In 2009, he founded an energy-efficient remodeling business and scaled the revenue to $2 million within the first year. Chris then sold the company after two years of profitable operations, growing it Over 20% consistently year over year. In 2014, he founded Traction Inc., a business advisory company that helps entrepreneurs and business owners around the world successfully optimize their businesses and grow their revenues. He is the author of the new book titled The Business Sergeant's Field Manual. I'm pleased to have him on the show today to tell us a little bit about himself, his business, and his experience. Chris, welcome to the show. It's great to be here, Chi. Great. So I've, I mentioned a lot about you and your bio. So tell us a little bit about yourself and how you got started in business. I know you started off as a young um, army officer and then you went into the corrections in the United States uh, Correctional Department and then you went into business. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your background.
0: Yeah, thank you. I, I spent my 20s, uh, most of my 20s in uniform uh, serving a number of, you know, law enforcement, military, paramilitary organizations, uh, as, as you've listed there. Um, I got out of uniform in 1999. Uh, I pursued uh, a sales career in the construction space and uh, did sales, got into sales management, became a vice president of sales and marketing, and then uh, started my own company uh, from scratch in 2009 uh, at the height of the Great Recession. And uh, and was fortunate to to kind of hit the nerve there with a with a message and and a disruptive uh, uh, concept in the construction space. So I started an energy efficient remodeling firm. Uh, so it wasn't just construction; it was construction with a conscience, so to mm-hmm. speak. Uh, you know, efficiency is the greenest technology out there. So so just you know, basically. Uh, uh, sourcing very uh, purposely made energy more energy efficient products than you know the name brand ones we're, we're most familiar with, and I was uh, fortunate to have a, a great group uh, of teammates there at, at that company, and we we scaled it to a couple million dollars that first year in a very tough time, hmm. uh, and then sold the business just a couple of years after operation to 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 you know work on other passions.
1: Oh. so after selling the business, I know you. Where in the book you talked about how you were looking for something to do, you were driving your wife crazy, and then you <laughs> came <laughs> and then you came across the um, EOS um detraction book written by uh, Gino, I believe, and then the EOS yeah. framework. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little yeah. bit about how you got hooked up with Gino and the EOS framework, and then how you started applying that um as a consultant in other businesses.
0: Yeah, I'd love to talk about that. Um so I was helping a particularly troubled construction client uh, somebody that I'd worked with in the past. Uh they had uh started an insurance restoration company and their second year of business was over 8 million in sales. And it was lots of friends, lots of family, not a lot of controls. It was it was really chaos. So I came in to help him uh kind of save it, turn it around because you know, despite that 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 uh, heavy sales, you know, there were cash flow issues, uh execution issues. Um, just a lot for a, a two-year-old company uh, uh, to, to, to handle. So, you know, I, I helped I helped them, you know, get it to a, a, a safe place, and uh, and it was it was a it was a real chore to be honest. Uh, it, you know, not knowing where to start. It was really one of the first turnaround things I, I, I had experience with. So, so I uh, um, I completed that assignment, and I was moving on to to help another client. And I had come in contact with an old business partner of mine uh, back from minneapolis and and he was going through eOS implementation uh, with an implementer out of Minneapolis. Okay. and I was telling him about my consulting and what I was working on. He says, "Well, you got to take a look at this eOS thing uh, this this traction program from this guy named Gino Wickman uh, you know he he had been doing it for just a couple of months and and had already reported some significant gains. Uh, in in execution and clarity of vision and things were really kind of humming in a very short period of time. So he said, you know, I've never seen anything like this. You should look at this. I I think you'd be good at at teaching this. Mm. And it falls right in with what you're already doing. So I contacted EOS Worldwide, talked to a gentleman named Don Tinney, you know, one of the founders of EOS Worldwide, uh, Gino Wickman's business partner. Uh, just an awesome guy, and and uh, he he was the first implementer after Gino, and you know we kind of talked about what I was working on, and he he shared kind of the results he was getting, and you know it was really intriguing. So I I got on an airplane, I flew to Detroit, uh, mm-hmm. and and you know did the uh, committed to doing the training, uh, and I did it with uh, Gino and 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 Don, and it was just an amazing experience, and I met, I think at the time I was like the 60th or 70th implementer now. Uh, today, uh, as I plan to go to Detroit here in a couple of weeks, there's there's over 175 people with the training. So it, it's it's grown substantially. Oh, wow. so, so that's kind of how I got involved. And that was in uh, early 2014. And I just decided after, you know, uh, really learning more about this, that all of my coaching clients in the future, you know, if they're going to work with me, they're going to have to commit to this process because yeah. it was just, it was a holistic, simple, practical tools to help you kind of align and synchronize all those moving parts of the business, so it was it was like a, it was the silver bullet kind of thing I was looking for. And I know they say there's you know there's no silver bullets in business, but you know I think adopting a business operating system, you know it's a night and day difference versus just trying to make it up every day, which which is what most people do.
1: Yeah. So what are the main parts of this um, operating system? Because like you said, most, every, most entrepreneurs actually go by the seat of the pants and they just wing mm-hmm. it as they go along. But having yeah. a framework and a system is basically the way nature operates. We all have our body is made up of several systems, the respiratory system, the digestive system. Even nature has a system for photosynthesis to create oxygen in, in the world. Everything in, in the natural world has a system. So it stands to reason that even entrepreneurship, though it appears chaotic, should have a system and a framework that will help um, entrepreneurs be better at their jobs. So tell us a little bit about the pieces that make up this EOS model.
0: All right, great, yeah, beautifully stated. By the way, <laughs> uh, right, right there, Chi. Well, 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 well said. So, so yes. So, so, uh, just a little footnote here before I I, I I go into what is the entrepreneurial operating system and how it works. You know, in my time and in, in military and paramilitary organizations, they are mm-hmm. very process, very system yeah. oriented. So, I was very comfortable with. This is how you do this. This is how you do this. This is not how you do this, and don't do this that way. Uh, if this happens, do that. If this doesn't happen, don't do that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> so, 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 just want to point out that I, I was like a moth to the flame when I, when I, when I discovered the system because, like you just said, it, it totally made sense. So, 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 the argument that that that, uh, or excuse me, the discovery that Gino had uh, many years ago when he, when he was helping his father turn around his real estate training company, uh, they successfully uh, turned it around and sold it. Uh, it had a nice exit. And then Gino was helping, uh, you know, uh, his friends, uh, entrepreneur, uh, fellow entrepreneurs from the entrepreneurs organization uh, out with their businesses and with what he did uh, at his turnaround and what he uh, discovered working with his uh, his forum mates. He discovered that, you know, hey, a lot of these people have the exact same problem. So, you know, let's create a system that will just take care of all these. Yeah. So that's what he did. So, so, you know, people talk about traction, you know, the book, get a grip on your business where he outlines the entire, you know, entrepreneurial operating system, you know, in a book. So first step is, you know, get, get your hands on that book and, and go a little deeper, but mm-hmm. a high level, uh, what is EOS? So, so, so his discovery was to the degree that a business can strengthen the six key components of their business, any, any business, any industry, yeah. uh, 136 problems in business just go away. Because they're actually symptoms of being weak in one of the six key components. Yeah. So the first key component is the vision component. And that's just simply getting the entire leadership team and then ultimately the entire company 100% on the same page with where the business is going and exactly how it's going to get there. Uh, the second key component is the uh, people component. And this is just quite simply you know, putting the right people in the right seats. The yeah. right people... Uh, means they share your values. They're they're great to be around, uh, fun, energizing, uh, collaborative. Just just a great environment. Uh, right seats means uh, three things: uh, GWC, they get it, mm-hmm. they want it, and they have the capacity to do it. Uh, really better than anyone else you can find. You know, the highest highest level. Yeah. When you have the right people in the right seats. Ah, uh, business becomes infinitely more easy. Uh, I find uh, in 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 my journey as an eOS implementer, helping you know leadership teams gain traction through through uh, implementing eOS is most of the issues are kind of in that people, uh, th- those are the big ones. Once yeah. we fix those, Everything else goes pretty quick. So just to move on, uh, the third key component is the data component. And this is getting rid of all the egos and the subjectives and the personalities and just boiling the organization down to a handful of numbers because obviously the numbers don't lie. So giving everyone a scorecard, a, a forward-looking weekly metric to, to hit. Uh, so we measure the human activity versus the the end result. Uh, so it's it's kind of a new way of looking at it. Most people look at lagging indicators you know we look at leading indicators then obviously giving everyone a number that they can they can crush and feel great about you know their contribution to the organization so those are the first 3 and when you're strong in the vision component strong in the people component and strong in the data component you've created a business that's open honest lucid problems or issues stick out like a sore thumb mm-hmm. that leads us fourth key component, which is the issues component. And that's just creating an environment where, you know, you can just call things out. And instead of being the one who gets the stink eye for, for calling out something that's that's busted, broken, not working, you actually get a high five and say, hey, thanks for bringing that up. Or thanks for catching that. that good, good looking out there. And then and then we have an issue solving track to make sure that we're, we're solving issues at their root versus a symptom, which is another common thing that, that people do in business With an uh, issue solving track called IDS, which stands for identify discuss and solve. So identifying the root issue, discussing what needs to be discussed uh, only once, not twice, and then we go to a solve and then we solve that by issuing to-dos. Uh, to-do is a seven day action item
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, the, the team's job is to get 90% of those to-dos done every week. And if you do, you're, you're getting stuff done uh, and that leads us to our fifth key component, which is the process component and that's just simply documenting the, so let's say the 20% that gives you the 80%. Uh, and then getting every, all your systems FBA are followed by all. And then the sixth and final key component is the traction component. Yeah. And that's just bringing the vision down to the ground, uh, making it a reality, uh, creating this 90-day world uh, with with rocks, if you're familiar with the term that Dr. Covey coined many yeah. years ago. And then creating a meeting pulse of, of weekly meetings. Uh, you know, So kind of like think about like the Super Bowl of business meetings once a week for an hour and a half and eliminating you know, uh, three, four, and a half hours worth of other meetings so you have the time to put your head down and actually execute versus over-meeting, which is also common. Yeah. So those are the six key components. And my job as an EOS implementer uh, is to get businesses over 80% health in all six key components. When you're a company and you're over 80% health in all six key components, you're kind of good to go. Uh, mm. you, you, your job is just to maintain that level and now you're one of the top 5% companies that can kind of go wherever it wants and, 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 and do whatever it wants to do. And there's a waiting list to work there and high profits and great culture. And, you know, really, it's just a, a it, it, it's an amazing process. And it's allowed me to be a heck of a lot better as a business coach.
1: Mm. And this process can be applied to any type of organization. So we're talking even if it's in the military, non-profit organization, companies that earn from as little as maybe 200K to 2 billion in revenues a year, correct?
0: Yeah, I mean, you can use it uh, however you however you like. Uh, Gino designed the program. Uh, the sweet spot
1: uh, was was
0: entrepreneurial companies between two okay. and 50 million in revenue and 10 and 250 em, two, excuse me, 10 to 250 employees. Right. Having said that, I have clients that are smaller than that mm-hmm. and I have clients that are much, much larger than that as mm-hmm. well. So um, it can be, you know, th- it can be used uh, across the board um, in organizations over 250 people, mm-hmm. you know, you, you might have to do some extra things. Yes. Um uh, mm-hmm. But I find that even publicly traded companies, we're talking, you know, seven, eight hundred million in sales, large, large organizations uh, are wanting to be more agile. They're wanting yeah. to be more scrappy and more of a speedboat than an ocean liner, as I like to tell people. So <laughs> yeah. so they adopt this mindset. So even if you have a, a 200 page investor report, they're taking the very you know, greatest hits, the, 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 the top of the iceberg on all those things and put them into a simple two page document. Simplified strategic planning tool called the vision traction organizer. So even the big guys uh, Have to have to have to do the same work as the little guys.
1: Yeah, because I would I would Actually see that um, a bigger organization because of the layers of um, Management in between from like the executive to the implementers at the, at the bottom You know getting the framework to work all across the system is where the impediment lies. Is that correct?
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, that, you, you you've nailed it again. Uh, so what, what what we do is we kind of train the trainer.
1: Okay. So we we work
0: directly with the leadership team. So I'm usually all day in an offsite uh, conference room. Uh, these are you know eight hour days uh, typically, and I'm I'm in there with three to ten executives. You know CEO, COOO, and you know heads of state for all different uh, functions of the business. You know head of sales, head of marketing, head of finance, head of ops, and however many uh, functions that looks like. And then I teach them, and then we have a space learning approach where they, they practice themselves in a bubble for a few months, 90 days or so. Uh, so you don't want the blind leading the blind, so we have to give them that, that skill. And then when, when the tools are in a, a good state and everyone's you know conversational with the, with the process – uh, they they roll it they roll it out to the rest of the organization and over a quarter or two, you know um, that's where everyone adopts uh, all the different parts of this the system, and we get EOS all the way down to the to the to the all the way end of the uh, you know org chart or we call an accountability chart. Uh, so it, it takes a while. These are humans. They they you know. Uh, but but uh, most of my clients, the the vast majority, report a huge. Uptick and traction, you know, great business execution within Mm -hmm. the first 90 days, six months. And then I usually uh, stick around for about two years or 10 uh, sessions over two years. So about five Mm -hmm. offsites a year for two years. After that, we've we've run out of stuff to teach the team. They're experts (laughs) and they don't need us or really anybody anymore. They're good to
1: go. Yeah, and and that is a, an unusual place to be. Knowing that as a business consultant, you once you start working with a client, you know you pretty much have an expiration date of about two years. Which which a lot of professional services people don't ever want to let their clients know. They don't want them <laughs> to be in that driving yeah. position that hey man, by two years you should be a master at this and you don't need me anymore. That's a very unusual uh, position. Yes, <laughs> that's cool. yeah that's it cool. is,
0: but it's refreshing and and we don't really view ourselves. As consultants, yeah. because a consultant's job is just that, right—to bury themselves deep mm-hmm. and bill for as l- in, until the billing stops, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, it's really great to know, hey, it's our fifth session. You know, we're about we sh- we should be about halfway there. Do you guys feel halfway? You do? Okay, good. Hmm. Or you don't, or you feel ahead? Let's talk about that. It's great to kind of have that context. So instead of being consultants, you know, there's three things that an EOS implementer does you know first as a teacher teaching EOS to, tools purely you know right from the implementer guide uh, you know and a facilitator you know the right answers in the room most of the time our jobs to get it out and then a coach because a lot of times people just can't see themselves playing the game uh, and and a coach can can spot things uh, you know hey what's this tree over here you, you guys are looking at the forest I, I'm pointing out one tree mm-hmm. that, that, that you can't see so that third party having you know been an experienced leader uh, you know, an entrepreneur, uh, with a successful exit, you know, I have, have, have some input here and there when I see something that I have experience, and I'll ask, Hey, uh, would you be interested in an experience share? I've, I've seen this before. Would you like to know, you know, what I learned from it? Yeah. So, so it's kind of neat where, where, where you get to do those three modes, those three things all day long.
1: Yeah. Cool. So, um, I was going to ask you about some case studies about EOS, but I want to transition over into your book because after listening to you talk about EOS, I see like, some of the inspiration in your book is actually expanding on the framework in EOS, correct? Yeah. I mean, about 20% of
0: the book is EOS mm-hmm. and the other 80% is, is kind of uh, you know my experience, my mindset. And the whole premise of this book is number one let's adopt a more military based you know team building mindset mm-hmm. uh and 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 take things you know a little more seriously than than perhaps some do at the office uh raise the stakes yeah uh you know hold each other more accountable and and achieve greatness together uh and then the second thing is to adopt a, a business operating system now mm. there's four or five on the market, EOS is just the one that I chose to work with because yeah. I felt it's the simplest to understand and easiest to implement.
1: Yeah. So now let's let's talk a little bit more about your book. What was the main inspiration for the book? What did you see lacking in the marketplace that caused you to say, hey, you know what? I went through this experience in the military. It's a great experience. It has wildly effective applications in the civilian field? And then B, let me, once I started documenting this book, you know what, how do I teach it and um, disseminate this information so that it can become more widespread and more widely adopted by leaders that have never actually received um, military training?
0: Yeah, so uh, great questions. For answer to the question one is uh, my clients, a, a couple of different clients mentioned like, hey, when are you going to write your book? Because um you know i tend not to be super politically correct uh, i i like to uh, i like to military yeah there's a lot of swearing a lot of interesting new words yeah. great funny sayings uh and people really like to be in the room and and it, a lot of times they're taking notes oh i gotta use that one <laughs> and these are all things that I picked up in the service and and you know work for the department of corrections and the sheriff's office mm-hmm. and and uh uh, it, it's just kind of fun that military-based mindset. So I I, I learned leadership in in, in the service, yeah. and no one told me it needed to be different in the civilian. So I've operated for 20 years in the business world like I was a, a business sergeant. Uh, it's just not until some people pointed it out to me said, "Hey, you really got to share this. We we really enjoy this, and we think other people would." Mm-hmm. Uh, so that was you know that's kind of how uh it, you know it happened as far as. Uh, the book and how it's put together, you know, um, you know, there's some case studies in here talking about, uh, yeah. you know, clients. There's, uh, I've included the five foundational tools from EOS, you know, just because they're so masterful. Mm-hmm. And, and really my goal here uh, was, was to, you know, it doesn't say anything about EOS on the outside of the book, but you get inside of the book and, you know, there, there's 20% of it, you know, uh, uh, that is. So my my goal here was to, was to let people know, hey, if you change your mindset and you adopt a system, those two things together wow. uh, are, are all you need to mm-hmm. completely turn this thing around and, and point it towards the direction. So, my goal here was to reach other people that weren't uh, uh, in the know about the entrepreneurial operating system. And, you know, kind of as a give back, because EOS has been so wonderful to me, I wanted to, to spread this word mm-hmm. and let as many people, you know, that maybe wouldn't have come in contact. It, but but they, they they looked at the book and said this looks interesting, and then their, their eyes are now open to this this world of business operating systems. So you know you know th- that was kind of my uh, my idea initially.
1: Okay. I love that. And so um, I'll just talk about a few bits of the book, and then we'll tell people where to get the book. But your first chapter was, Are You Committed? And you're basically talking about leadership. And once I read that statement, I remembered my old um, professor of strategy in college, and he, he went through um, West Point, And he used to always tell us that Um, he'd always ask us a question in every class, which was, which would you rather be in in a ham and egg sandwich? Would you rather be the chicken or the pig? And then most people didn't understand that. He said, oh, the chicken. He said, no, you always want to be the pig because the chicken is interested in the breakfast, but the pig is committed to the breakfast. It has to shed blood for the breakfast to... To be made, you understand, so that, that got me chuckling when I read, "Are you committed and you were talking about leadership in that segment, which was basically you know leaders inspiring their subordinates to be more committed and also leaders themselves being more committed to building their organizations and building their their teams and their culture. so, so tell us a little bit about commitment and how, and how it plays a great deal of, of um, success in the in the role of building a an effective organization.
0: Okay. Yeah. Great. Um, well, I, I just think about the couple of failures that I've had in my career. Right. And I really looked at those and thought, you know what, I did this for the money. I did this cause I thought it was cool. Uh, I didn't do it because I just was just passionate. I was fired up about it, you know, and every fiber in my being said, I got to do this, you know? So I, and then I look at the, the times where I've had some success in life And it's because you know what? You're a natural. You love this. This is you. This is this is your sweet spot. So so, you know, you just can't fake it. Uh, Life is just too short uh, to put on another face and and operate just to just to generate income or 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 whatever. So so that was something that that after a business failure that I experienced, I was Mm. like, you know what? I knew I I said I I wanted nothing to do with this. But, you know, it's like I'm sick of this industry, but I'm going to do this one last deal. Cause it does sound pretty interesting and the upside is huge. So all right, I'll do it versus, Oh my God, this is the best thing ever. I can't, you know, I mean it was, it was totally from the other thing. So, so my point and it's the same thing with the chicken and the pig that your professor said, you know, when you're committed to something and adversity strikes. You, you, you'll over, you'll adapt, you'll improvise, adapt, overcome. You go through it, you go around it, you'll go over it, you'll figure a way out. Mm. Um, but if you're interested in something, it gets really, really hard. Hey, look at that other thing. I, I, I'm kind of interested in that too. Mm-hmm. And then you just kind of pivot and you move on. Uh, and, and you really can't create anything of of, of substance in, in, in scale uh, be, because your lack of commitment. It, it's just a house of cards that'll fall yeah. down. Whether if you're well into go to war on this and give up your nights and your weekends and cancel Christmas or whatever you got to do to make this work, then, you know, you're, you're much more likely uh, to make that happen. So, so committed uh, in the book, are you committed uh, to your business, your industry, your clients? Are you, and then the next chapter leadership is, you know, are you a leader with following? And and that also has a, a strong level of commitment. Are you committed to being a great leader? You know if you're a leader because you want a corner office or a great parking spot or a title you know wrong answer mm-hmm. that you're 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 you're, you're the log jam in that organization you're selfishly taking a leadership position and not in not leading others not developing others not promoting uh, the next generation of leaders and that's what organizations need you know we need to grow in the middle you know uh you know before we can grow at the bottom yeah. and we don't really need to grow at the top all that much you know typically is, is what i find yeah. so it's that lack of middle managers really strong leaders you know who i call like the corporals the people right on the ground helping the troops out you know the folks that actually execute you know what you, what happens at your company those those are the people that are that are those first line leaders um, when they have the right resources and they have the right training, and, and their whole job is to be a servant leader, and hey, what's blocking you today, or how could I make you, how could I make us better today, or you know what, you know what do you need help with? Um, versus go here and do that and yeah. be quiet about it, right? You know, yeah. so so it's all about commitment, right? You you, you can't, I joke all the time, uh, Chi, you, you can't be half pregnant, You can't <laughs> be kind of in business, you can't kind of be doing EOS with me. Are we That's are true. we doing this? If we are, it looks like this. Are you, are you ready to commit to that? Mm. Great, because I'm committed to you. I need that commitment back.
1: Yeah, and there was one statement you made when you were talking about leadership, which was um, uh, ownership is not leadership. So what do you mean by that when you said that? I, I do understand the concept, but um, from the perspective yeah. of um, – in general, you know, in in public, we always hear about oh, you have to take ownership of this, you have to take ownership of that. Especially, it's 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 a well worn cliche in the business world, and I've heard that quite a bit at work. But what do you yeah. mean when you say ownership is not leadership?
0: Yeah, I actually have a little different take on that. What I'm mm. saying is, if you're a family run business, or or you know, you are a a uh, founder and you have some equity. um you know, having an investment uh, and owning a business is is great, right? That you know, you 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 can make money, you can lose money. It's yeah. it, it's a whirlwind kind of a, an opportunity. But just because you have a, a piece of the pie doesn't entitle you to a certain position within the company because you say mm. so. You know, and and I see that a lot. You know, where uh, you're the the lucky last name club. Yeah. Because your last name is Smith at Smith Construction, uh, you can go anywhere and do anything you want with zero recourse because. You're the, you're the kid of the uh, founder, founder or something like that. Yeah. yeah so, so I have uh, plenty of, you know, uh, owners that work inside the companies and, and plenty of family members, uh, that work inside the company, but we make it very clear. Yeah, that's great. Um, you know, uh, but it doesn't entitle you. So I find that the, the, the ones that I work with are, uh, you know, high performing, uh, you know, businesses. Um, I think those, those kids, they, they work twice as hard as somebody with, with a different last name, mm-hmm. because they have that perception and they have to fight that. So, you know, uh, I always said, you know, you know, as an owner, a uh, business owner, I would always make sure that, that, that my team, you know, saw me sweep in the warehouse at least once or <laughs> twice a week. Uh, there's no, you know, I I'm dirty unloading, you know, heavy windows, uh, triple pane windows off of semi trucks. in in February in Minnesota, you know, that's commitment. Uh, The the, the boss is not too good to do any of this work. And uh, you've heard the old saying, you don't ask people to do anything you're not willing to do yourself. So, so that's what I talk about. Ownership is not leadership is, is owners uh, should be able to be fired if if they're bad for the company. And oh, oh, by the way, if they're, if they're really thinking about their investment, wouldn't it make sense to have the right people in the right seats? So that company is highly successful, highly profitable, Mm -hmm. and they're getting a great return on that versus they're the very ones that cause the business to fail in a lot of cases, or at least not thrive. And then they wonder why, why they go through all this brain damage and I'm not making any money. It, 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 it's very common. So, so that's why I bring it up just to point those things out. And and my goal there was to get somebody to read that, to say, Oh my God, I'm, I'm that guy. I'm doing that. (laughs) I got to stop that. Or, uh, if, if you've got a boss that's doing that, Hey, what's this book here with a highlighter on page, whatever that Mm -hmm. just, Happened to land on my desk. Uh, the, the idea is it's an uncomfortable topic. So, you know, those are my favorite topics, by the way. And and uh, there's an example of, you know, of, of, of how uh, not only I, but, you know, many others feel uh, that's the right way to do it. Yeah.
1: And I think you already alluded to this earlier, but I want, I want to break this down because it's been in the news for such a long time. And that's the topic of culture. A lot of companies have um, this what I call bumper sticker statements of what their culture is, Mm -hmm. but they pay lip service to those statements. They never seem to actually live it. So how can leaders, especially in the organizations that you're trying to help, build a culture that is going to inspire and motivate their employees to give their best knowing fully well that um, based on the statistics and the media that about, what, 70% of millennials are already disengaged while going to work. And I don't know what the number is for the other generations, but it's 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 quite a high number, you know, when you're spending a third of your life in the office and you're already 80% checked out on Monday.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm, so, again, you know, so I don't know whose quote this is. So I won't claim it as mine, but your culture is defined – by the worst behavior you're willing to tolerate. Mm-hmm. So I love I love that statement there because if you really think about you know just like the old hey you're only uh, the chain is only as strong as its weakest link. Yeah. That's exactly right. So the first thing I'll say with culture is culture is kind of the byproduct of doing a bunch of things correctly in business. It, mm-hmm. It's a it's the sum of a lot of different parts, in, in my eyes. So this is where the business operating system uh, does a does. Without it, it's really difficult. It's you know, it's like a, a mentor told me once. It's like trying to nail Jello to a tree. It's it's really tricky. So so when you have an operating system and an agreed upon set of core values, this is who we are, right? This is what we reek of. Um, just a handful of rules, you know, three to seven core values. If you live these values, you're going to fit in famously, or it's going to be good. Uh, if you don't really value these, you know, life's too short for you to come to the office and, and hang out with people that don't think the way you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you know, you, you should really leave here and, and go find your, your, your unit because th- this one isn't it. So without, so the first, so the, to answer your question, the first thing is to have a vision that is communicated, you know, by the leadership team. Uh, by the company, you know. H- however, that's decided usually from the top, and then it's shared, you know, uh, in other places, you know. But a lot of times, the the team ha- has has a big say in what that is and you know, what that looks like, right? Yeah. So once we can define, hey, these are our core values, uh, you know. In EOS, we have a core our core focus, right? There's two hemispheres to that. First is what's your purpose, cause, or passion, otherwise known as your why uh your why first your your what and then your how right you know talk Simon Sinek right and his yeah. his awesome work with uh-huh. start with why you know and and, it, and it's and it's one of those things then we can say your niche what do you do and then we say what's your 10 year target or your big hairy audacious goal so those are the things the, those first three questions those are the ones that we we kind of point up there as the north star and say this is what we really want do you want that too uh yeah i want that let's let's go get it together or yeah it's not really what i want Okay. Well, at least now I know. So first step is to define exactly who you are what you do, why you do it and, and why somebody would want to come, you know, spend some time with you and have a career, you know, just, just as, you know, versus using your, your company as a lily pad, you know, Mm -hmm. until they move on to something else. Mm. So you, you got to define it and then you got to get other people that want it. And then you got to get rid of the people that don't want it. Because that's a real bummer to the people that do want it. Yeah. So if you're willing to have some difficult conversations and and uh, liberate people to the marketplace, if, if they're not willing to to to, to do you know uh, go where we're all going, uh, that's the first step. So usually, you know, that's 20 percent of of an organization. Uh, And that's a big number that might even be a light number at some organizations might be a bit stiff in in others. But my experience is that, you know, 15, 20 percent of the people are just the wrong people. Once you once you uh, send them on their way to go find their people uh, and you replace them with the right people. Wow. Just you can fix a culture, you know, by firing a a few people and replacing them with the right people and at least get it going the right direction. But, you know, a lot of times people are fearful uh, they're, they're walking on eggshells. The the culture is toxic, and because of the toxicity, it's very difficult uh, to fix without almost a complete reboot or at least a, a large-scale shift in, in personalities, as I like to say.
1: Mm-hmm. And um, as we start to wind down the show, I have one or two wrapping-up questions for you. Now, there was, a, there was a part in the book that I really loved, which was basically you were talking about how in the military – um people are deemed to be tactically and let me see if I get this correctly tactically and technically proficient and right. um, how it you know helps you become better at execution now I know majority of gaining traction and building your business to last and succeed in the marketplace is all about execution 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 so so spend a little bit of time and tell us you know what are the best ways to to become tactically and technically proficient so that you can basically execute the mission correctly which is either to make more sales land more clients do more deals or just or just even grow and expand
0: Right. Awesome question. Um, uh, so, so the military term tactically and technically proficient tactically is, you know, you're, you're using the correct tactics. You're not starting off, uh, you're not putting your whole squad through an open field. If there's a wood line that you can skirt, you know, technically, um, you know, this is how you operate this piece of equipment. This is how you dial your frequency to get comms with, with headquarters, you know, you have to technically know how to do your job. So take that out of the military into the business world, Chi, and and think about tactically. So uh, I, I'm standing on the side of the road with a cardboard sign that says, you know, software, $2, you know. Mm, okay. <laughs> um, is that the best place to sell software for $2 or, you know, uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm trying to come up with an example here, but yeah. it, it's it's just you have to be in the right place and you have to have the right tactics. Mm-hmm. So here, here's one. Uh, cold calling is is nearly dead in the year 2017, right? It's wow. it's it, it's it's a very 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 small percent. Ten years ago, it was a huge, you know, double digit percent. Now it's probably a single digit percent. Mm-hmm. But now you look at things like inbound marketing and and having uh, blogs and Contents, podcasts and yeah. you know, so so talk about your uh, your your tactics yeah. for marketing. That's a great example. And technically. Um, like yourself, you're very well spoken. You get great guests on all the time. You know, you got a great podcast. I mean, you have the skill uh, to pull this off. What you do as the business growth guy, right? Yeah. So you 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 have both uh, technicality and the tactics. When when mastery in both of those forms meets in the middle, uh, execution is basically the natural byproduct of of, of of knowing where to be and know what to do when you know when you get there.
1: Nice. Nice. And for my final question, before I let you go, because I know we could both talk about this um, (laughs) for a long period of time, but I want to be respectful of your time. So um, looking at your body of work thus far, you know, knowing what you know now and then going back to 25 years ago when you were starting out your career in business, what are some of the best pieces of advice you can share for someone that is very early stage in their career or just even starting out their entrepreneurial journey and needs, you know, some critical word of advice to keep them on the right path so that they can be on that path to profitability and success and not be one of the statistics that um, we hear about, you know, three out of four businesses fail and all that stuff. So what are some of your best words of wisdom you can share for someone that is just getting started?
0: Yeah, well you you can't fly with the Eagles if you're hanging out with turkeys all day. Uh is the first one that comes to mind there. So be mindful of who you who you associate with. I, I forget who said it but you're basically a byproduct of the five people you spend the most time with. So if you're spending time with, with people uh, that, that don't inspire you, you know, you're, you're basically just on the treadmill there, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so so also, secondly, find something that, pa- that you're passionate about, that if you were independently wealthy and, and you were bored, uh, accounting your money, uh, what would you go do uh, during the day, you know, professionally, just to stay interested and engaged, you know, if you can monetize that, then you'll never work another day in your life. That's Mm -hmm. been said before. But again, uh, once you find that, make sure you're surrounding yourself with the right people. Uh, When you're smaller and you're just starting out in business, the quality of your subcontractors, your strategic partners are critical. Uh, So, you know, sometimes you got to fake it till you make it Mm. and you're borrowing somebody else's expertise. But when you, you know, you're having them work on your clients, they need to understand how you operate with your clients and your clients shouldn't feel a difference. So, you know, choose your friends, uh, choose your business partners, choose your associates, choose your clients, choose your partners, choose everything uh, with with great care because, uh, you know, one wrong decision could, you know, could be catastrophic in, in other parts of your business. And then, you know, just go out there and, you know, uh, uh, you know don't be afraid to fail. And, 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 and go out there and, uh, my friend Walt Brown says, go out there and make a mess. Uh, <laughs> just go out there and make a mess. Uh, that's, 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 that's what I was told. And I thought, okay, I I can do that. Uh, his point is you you can always kind of clean it up afterwards. Uh, but you got started, you you did something and and then you can pivot from that. If you're just sitting here formulating the best plan in the history of plans and you're not going to execute on it. Well, there's a lot of brilliant ideas that you know that are left on bar napkins and then don't go anywhere so those would be some of the main ones there but also you know if if i'm on a rant here if you don't mind you know be yourself be yourself you know uh it's okay to be weird and and quirky and do it your way if you're not the cup of tea for a certain person then then i guess you're not going to work together but 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 don't throttle yourself back If, if they can't handle you at 100 proof you know, too bad. Uh, um, you know, so, so, you know, be true to yourself, be committed. Uh, you know, you know, th- th- we're in the general advice uh, lane now, but mm-hmm. just be nice. Yeah. I mean, there are so many people, uh, that are, that are kind of jerks. It's a zero sum game. It's either they're winning or you're losing. Uh, so, so find people with an abundance mindset, you mm-hmm. know, uh, not a scarcity mindset. Th- th- those people are negative. they, they by the way, you know, the, the negative is the easiest thing to find in the world. It, it takes wow. zero skill to point out something that's not cool yeah. or not good or, or it could be better. Uh, the real skill in life is to come up with the solutions to fix those things and get other people involved. Uh, because, again, if you pick the right people, you all want the same things. If you have a system to communicate and hold each other accountable, uh, when you have the right people around – you know, I I always joke. you I'd rather you know gnaw off my left arm uh, than come to this meeting without my stuff done, or you know have my scorecards or my rocks off track because I really care, and everyone else cares. And when you have that kind of an environment, your chances of being successful are 10x or or 100x. I uh, you know I, I lack the uh, statistics here, but but my point is, it's a big. It's a big multiplier than if you're just kind of doing whatever Mm -hmm. uh, and hoping that someday you're just going to, you know, crack the code.
1: Mm, I love it. I love it. So before I let you go, Chris, uh, where can people learn more about you? Get the book, obviously, the Business Sergeant Field Manual and just interact with you and get more information from you
0: yeah and a couple of websites uh dot com business dot com uh the books on there uh, and then uh if anybody wants to learn more about EOS, uh that is traction inc t r a c t i o n i n c dot uh so one is all about traction and the other and it is kind of about uh, some other things that i do more militaristic stuff uh mm-hmm. you know um, i'm doing a bunch of stuff with transitioning veterans and you know i've got all kinds of neat ideas to 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 help transitioning vets enter the marketplace with some training uh, which uh, they can leverage their leadership skills and and uh, give them kind of what they need for business. So I've, I've got some cool things in the works, but uh, my EOS practice is, is growing. Uh, I have an implementer now that, that works with me and uh, probably had a second one here, uh, you know, mid or end of next year. Mm. So so that's where people can find me. And obviously, if they just want to go to Amazon and, and, and get the book, they can do that, too.
1: Yeah. And as an EOS implementer, you work across the U.S. and across the globe, Correct.
0: Yeah, I mean there like you said there's 175 of us all over. I think uh at least five or six continents. I'm I'm trying to think where is not represented these yeah. days. Um but yeah, absolutely. I I I I work uh pretty much just in Denver. I only fly for for select clients and it's okay. rare. And now now people are flying into Denver uh to work with me now. So so uh but there there's there's uh, definitely a, a local implementer. And if you're looking for an EOS implementer, uh, you can – obviously, there's a form on my webpage at Traction, Inc. You can tell me who you are, uh, what you're looking for, and, and I can match you with one of those uh, implementers because I uh, see them every quarter and, and, and know, kind of, uh, know who's, who does what.
1: Great. And I'll put all those links in the show notes on the website once the uh, podcast launches. Chris, my friend, it's really been a pleasure having you on board to talk about your new book, The EOS Framework, and basically hearing your words of wisdom for young entrepreneurs out there that are still working hard to make a difference and make a dent in the universe. I want to thank you for coming on to share your story. It's been my
0: pleasure, Chi. Uh, Great conversation. Uh, Anytime.
1: Thank you.